this morning, amen, amen, and worship and worship, amen. Wow. 
the Lord a wave offering and sing. Sing, oh, the blood of Jesus. If you believe the blood of Jesus, let's sing. And wash all sins away. as we sing again. ticket in my hand before I cross that river. Amen. Love you this morning. I want to remember Joe Carter this morning had some grandfather duties to do. He had to babysit some of his grandkids. He really wants to be here, you know, and it just seems like every now and then just something pops up. And he, But he wanted me to relay that to you so that you could pray for him and just he wants to be here. I mean, it's, Wednesdays and Sundays are the highlight of his week. Amen. Which is also the highlight of our weeks. Amen. Love the Lord. I have a request. My back is bothering me a little bit. You know, I'm getting old a little bit. And it comes around now and then. So you never knew. My son also has a neck problem. Just let it be that way. Praise the Lord. But we all have issues. We just... He is able to meet every single one. Amen. I love you this morning. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, the author and finisher of life, I love you this morning. How I long, Lord, to just draw so close to you, Lord. This old world means nothing. As our brother spoke this morning, all your cars, all your money, all that will be gone. Won't have any need of it over there, Father. What a blessed promise. I pray you bless this congregation this morning, the needs upon the heart. And Lord, I, I mentioned my back, I mentioned my son's neck. Lord, I don't know what people may be suffering out there. I know we have a sister that has some back issues. Father, I pray for each and every back issue in this place. I just raise up the name of Jesus Christ. I know that you're more than able, Father. I thank you for healing. Bless the cheerful giver this morning. Thank you for your presence, Father. Lord, just help us to toe the mark to press that battle. Bless the tithes and offerings this morning. Bless the cheerful giver. I love you again, Lord. I'll always love you. What you've done for me, what no one could do. 
deliver me from the effects of this world. Keep us and guide us now, I pray in Jesus' name.
it back there. Amen. We liked it out here. Amen. Amen. Let's give it a key D. Amen. Let's sing a little bit of healing is here. Healing is here. Healing is
is my shepherd, I shall abide. In green pastures he makes me lie down. He restores my soul and he leads me on for his name, for his great Surely goodness, surely mercy, right beside me all my days, and I will dwell in your house forever, and bless your trust you, Lord. Surely goodness, surely mercy, right beside me all my days, and I will dwell in your house forever.
Amen. Let's give Emily, Sister Emily, and Sister Sharon, I believe, and Sister Deborah hand. Amen. When life is too hard to handle And your trouble's too much to bear When other friends have left you And you think that no one cares Tell me all of your secrets Tell me all of your Take 
going to leave you seated for just a moment. Sister Deborah's going to sing a special for me that I asked her about, and hopefully we can get the words up. And um, it's a song that uh, she's sung before, so it should be familiar to us. Amen. And so uh, we're going to ask her to sing that just now. Amen. She'll go through what she's going to do. I've asked her to sing through the first part of it, um, first uh, verse and chorus, and then Hopefully they'll get the words up and we'll be able to sing through the second verse and chorus. Amen. Amen. I might sing the chorus ten times. <laughs> it really is really heavy on my heart. And then I've got some announcements to make. But let's have this song. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Why don't you go ahead and stand up and let's get ourselves ready. You can always sing better standing up anyway. I will be still and know 
tonight. I'm going to sing it again this time. sing that again and I want to just make a few greetings today and give you a prayer request and a testimony amen and we'll sing it through one more time I wanted to make sure you knew it good amen happy to have brother Andrew Coffey here with us today amen so we're happy to have him brother Barry's eldest son amen happy to have him you were uh, he's here working in Savannah and so came through to be in service with us today amen see other visitors Evelyn good to see you again some sisters in the back brother God bless you happy to have you here today all the different ones of you amen young lady happy to have you again praise the Lord so we're happy to have uh, everyone in the house of God today I'm sure I'm missing someone but just know that you're loved and appreciated Amen. Rosie, you feeling better, honey? So I've been praying for you. So we've got a, a couple of prayer requests here. Amen. Um, Sister Phyllis writes in with two prayer requests, but she gives us some, some testimony first. She says, good morning. She says, first of all, I want to give a praise report. I think that's so scriptural because Paul said, first, I thank my God. <laughs> He says, he, says, uh, good, he says, good morning. First, I want to give a praise report from my last prayer request for Hope's friend, Sister Joanne, who is a believer in San Diego. And if you'd hear the supernatural way Hope met this lady, it's, it'll blow your mind. Um, she immediately, and uh, she's elderly, I'm guessing probably up in years, and I don't know the exact age, but she said she immediately started improving and is home and well and on her way to a complete recovery from a full stroke. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Also, the job that we prayed about for Richard, he has started. <clears throat> and so she says, I have two more requests. So she's on a roll. Amen. <laughs> My sister Jackie from Florida requested the church <clears throat> pray for her son, Jonathan, who suffers from alcoholism. My sister Bridget asked for prayer for her ex-son-in-law, Billy. He's suffering from symptoms, dropping things, etc. And the doctors are sending him for an MRI to find out what's going on. Thank you. And God is good. Amen. We agree. God is good. How many of you be remembering those two requests? Amen. That God will continue uh, to move. We've had a, a number of people sick and uh, we came back from camp and the devil tried to exact revenge, but I just, I just constantly tell him, you ain't nobody, Satan. Amen. You don't make no decisions about my life. You don't run nothing in my life. You don't run nothing but your mouth. Amen. Amen. And I don't live by the mercies of Lucifer, do we? No. We live by the mercies of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. What'd you decide, Brother Jack? Oh, no. I tried to give it back to him. He's going to give it back to me. <laughs> so, uh, so you know the, uh, the testimonies that Sister Jean has been doing. And uh, by the way, we've, I've gotten so many requests from around the world. I don't think Sister Jean knew how far and wide her testimonies have gone. And everywhere I go, people are asking me and emailing me. And when is Sister Jean going to get to do part three? When is she going to do part three? Amen. So she's uh, working on that. And Brother Jack has one that he's wanting to do, and I want him to do it. It is, <clears throat> it is power-packed. Amen. Of course, it didn't have to be that power. It could be a common story, but hearing Brother Jack tell it, amen, it'll be power-packed. But trust me, this one is, is power-packed with God. 
moving. And so we wanted to do it today at four o'clock, but me and all of my travel and hustle and bustle, and uh, I didn't let you know about it. So I said to Brother Jack, I can let the church know today and we can do it at four. And I think he has friends here who are, who are here to actually hear it today, but we might take advantage of that and make them come back next week. And, and that way I can announce it from the pulpit. And I love to have all the senior youth group there. And, and you say, why brother Jason, why the senior youth? Because I want you to know that he lives that Christ is powerful. And he, this is not a myth. This is not a story. This is not just some movement. This is the living God among us today. That's, this is a restoration. That's what the restoration brings. It brings back the book of Acts. So we're, this, is, this is more than just some doctrinal movement that we're in. This is the restoration of the bride tree to perfect her for a flight home. And I want you to, I want you to hear that in the 21st century, God is still on the scene moving for his people. Amen. And so uh, hopefully, uh, Brother Jack, my, 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 if I go 51 to 49 for next Sunday, it's a real close one for me because I really want to, I've gotten to hear part of it, but I want to hear the rest of it. And so maybe that, and some of it's in development right now. So will you keep praying for Brother Jack? Amen. The devil trying to, trying to move behind the scenes. But every time the devil sticks his head up, God, it's like the Holy Spirit is like whack-a-mole, just wax him. Every time he pops his head up, pow! And he's, I, you'd think the devil would finally get discouraged and leave Brother Jack alone. But amen, if he wants to take a beating, the Lord will be, she, uh, be sure to give him one. Amen. So, amen. I think that's the way we'll go, Brother Jack. So next Sunday, you all heard it here first. Next Sunday at 4, we want to have Brother Jack do that. And as soon as Sister Jean gets hers ready, we're going to uh, get her to come forward also. God bless you. I want to sing this song again. This meant a lot to me when I heard it. And uh, I'm, tr I'm trusting the Lord for the service today. But I want to have this mindset as we go in. From the top again, Sister Deb. <clears throat> Give me those words, G. Now let's just enter in. Get your hearts and minds ready to receive the word. Oh my, the Lord's got a wonderful word for us today. Amen. Hide me now. Hide me now. Think about this now. Under your oh, that great Jehovah eagle. Hide us, Lord. Cover, Cover us, Lord. Me. World falling apart, but hide us, Lord. Within yes. your mighty hand. No matter what comes. When the oceans rise and the Lift your voices, friends. Lift it up now. I will soar with you above the storm. Father, over the flood I will be still and know you are God find rest my soul there's where you find it friend in Christ alone yes Lord
and Deborah, God bless you. We're going to invite you to the book of Acts this morning, chapter 7. Happy to have you here in the camp of the King. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I was up early this morning, earlier than normal. Actually, the last two mornings, up a little earlier than normal. And just looking to the Lord, and the Lord seemed to move on me last several days in in a rather unusual way. And I found out why this morning. I want to take a title. If this was Resurrection Morning. Amen. Amen. I was astonished to hear Brother Brad, and I don't know if him seeing my title put the seed in his heart or, or the Holy Spirit anointing him to encourage me, but one of the last lines of his Sunday school was, I want this to be resurrection morning. Oh my, come back in my office, and I said, get out of my office. Get out. I don't want to talk to you. Go away. Get away. You know, I don't even, we're not even going to take a chance here. Leave. Bye. <laughs> Amen. So that's the way the anointing works. When it hits a preacher, you have to be careful. Amen. Because it's just, it's all one channel. And a preacher with a gift will step in it and, and away you go and send you back to the drawing board. Amen. So praise the Lord. Sometimes I wonder if I need to put a, a trap door here so that I can push a button and just disappear. A preacher, if he starts getting into my territory. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Move the, move the tank forward and baptize him again or something. Amen. Praise the Lord. What if this morning was resurrection morning? Mm-mm-mm. My prophet talked about between 6 and 9 in the morning. I was up early this morning thinking along those lines. Acts chapter 7, verse 44. We'll catch 44 through 56. <clears throat> Stephen, in his um, indictment, uh, of, of his own countrymen. This is his indictment sermon. Peter had already preached his indictment sermon in Acts 2. And here's Stephen uh, with his. Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness as he had appointed speaking unto Moses that he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen, which also our fathers that came after brought in with Joshua into the possession of the Gentiles, whom God drove out before the face of our fathers unto the days of David, who found favor before God and desired to find a tabernacle for the God of Jacob. But Solomon built him a house. Now, how many know Jesus was that house? Every tabernacle in the wilderness they built was all in type of Jesus Christ. The entire book of Leviticus, in fact, is I have often called the book of Leviticus, the, the gospels of the Old Testament, because it, it covers all the things that you read in the gospels in manifestation. It was in type in the book of Leviticus because it was the priesthood of Christ. And so we find here that he says, Solomon built him a house. How be it? The most high dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will you build me, saith the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Hath not my hand made all these things? Now watch this turn here. You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do ye. 
which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them, which showed before of the coming of the just one, of whom you had, of whom you have been now the betrayers and murderers. Now, Stephen had them dead to rights. They knew this was true. No one could deny it. See, they're, 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 they're so offended, they can't defend themselves, so they execute the, the man bringing them, the messenger that's bringing them the truth. He says, verse 53, who have received the law by the dispensation of angels and have not kept it? See, when they heard these things, they didn't repent. When they heard these things, they didn't own it. Sometimes you just need to own the word. Sometimes you just need to raise up your hands in the universal sign of surrender and say, amen, or oh me, or oh my, or help me, God. Amen. But whatever you do, don't resist it. Your life is on the line. Your life is on the line. And even if, even, if it, even if you're sealed into the Holy Spirit and your life to come is not on the line, which it wouldn't be, because St. John 5, 24, you've passed from death to life. But while you're still living here, your life and what happens to you on this side is on the line. Don't resist the word of God. Amen. Just say amen and own it. See, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. And here's, here's the difference between a believer and an unbeliever. We get cut to the heart. They gnashed on him with their teeth. So that's a big difference from raising your hands and saying amen to the word. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up, in, looked up steadfastly into heaven. Let me tell you something. That is the reward of every minister who stands in a pulpit and the people are resisting what he's saying. It doesn't matter. He can still see the Holy Spirit. He can still look up. If the people turn red in the face and get mad, he can just look up because he knows he's in the path of the Holy Spirit. He looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word and for the preacher anointing that I feel. Now help me to be studious, Lord, as I go through. Uh, I, I, I have a great burden on my heart, but yet I also want to lay the, enough foundation, Lord, that it becomes effectual to the people. I commit it to you to this end that you will accomplish it. Lord, I'm here just as your servant, just as your assistant. I give it to you now in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. God bless you, friends. You can be seated. Today, if I were to begin, I could begin if I were to begin with something familiar to you, we would go to Revelation chapter 10, which is very familiar, probably exceptionally uh, familiar to members of the, of the message of the hour. We, we realize what it means to us. I hope we do. And, and we see that, 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 that when chapter 10, when the events of chapter 10, which are a seventh age messenger standing on the earth, a mighty angel, which is Christ, descending down with now a book that is opened because he opened it, the lamb opened it. 
and he brings it to his seventh church age messenger who then gives it to the people and then the people take the book and eat the book and become the book. Amen. And when all of that is accomplished, the last visible sign that you see, and it's a visible one, that it's not just spiritual, it's not just spiritual, the last visible sign you see of this bride before Moses and Elijah go to the Jews in 11 verse 2. In verse 1, you find that the, the inside of the, of, the, of the temple is being measured, not the outside. The outside is left to the Gentiles. They're going into a tribulation, the foolish virgin. They're going to miss it. They'll be saved in the, in, in, in the, and, br- and brought into the new heavens and the new earth. And they'll rest in paradise while we are back here on earth in a millennial reign for a thousand years. But we find that the bride... As she, the last visible sign of her before you see Moses and Elijah and the gospel going to the Jews is the bride is now the the measurable perfection of the Lord Jesus Christ. She is the temple. She's being measured. She's now the word. She's become like him. It's now Mr. and Mrs. Jesus Christ to the world. And that's the last sign you see. We don't get trapped up by chapters and verses because those were added hundreds of years later by translators. When John wrote it, it was just continuous. It went from Revelation 10, 11, all the, and it just moved into the, to the wording of, Reve, of Revelation 11, 1. And we see that connection there that the inside of the, ta- of the temple was measured because the bride is the measurable standard. Let the world Say what they want. She's the measurable standard. The word, it didn't matter what people thought of Paul's teaching. It was the gospel that God would judge the world by. Because now that now since the gospel, since the world is only going to be judged by Jesus Christ and can only be judged by Jesus Christ, then that then that proves that Paul's teaching and Jesus Christ. Was Jesus Christ in the form of the word? You follow me? Because Paul said that it can't be changed. It can't be countermanded. I've laid a foundation. Whoever builds on here has to build it according to the way the foundation. You can't build contrary to it. And so if even an angel or any other preacher, or even if I myself come back, so it wasn't the man. If even I myself come back and teach any other thing, if it's anybody else, if it's an angel, let them be cursed because what I say, God will judge the world by Jesus Christ. And so what he said was the word and that was Christ in word form. See, so, so we find then that today when we make a statement that this is the gospel, this message of the hour is the gospel by which the Lord, by which you will make a rapture or you won't. We're only, we're only saying that because this message is the restoration of Paul's teaching. So quite naturally, we would say that. Quite naturally, we would believe that. That if, if it's going to have to be what Paul established and, and that gets lost down through the church ages and we can see that historically and then it gets restored at the end time according to prophecy and it happens exactly like he said, then why would I not put my faith that this, that this message is giving me rapturing faith Amen. Amen. and rapturing faith as beautiful as it is and as necessary as it is. I'm so glad that it is preceded by rapturing grace. 
I want you to know it's not just grace. It's not just the favor of God. It's rapturing grace. It's a grace that the grace of God, I'm going to say a little bit more about it. You, you could never say too much about the grace of God that came to us by that day on Calvary. So we find that when we talk about the measurable standard, what is it, what is it what's being measured? The temple. And, that, and that's what Solomon was building, and that's what Jesus was. And therefore, whatever he was, his bride would be, you see. And so because they are one, they, they become one flesh, and she's, she's life of his life, word of his word. Amen? And so, so it's based on that that Brother Branham would say she is him. Not meaning she's literally him, because we don't, we don't baptize in each other's names, and you don't, I don't pray to you, and you can't save me. But Hebrews 13.8 is the key to unlock that. How is she him? She's the same as him. Because in whatever form Jesus Christ came, whether it was Jesus creating the heavens and the earth, as the Bible said he did, or whether it was walking in the prophets of the Old Testament, that was Jesus, or whether it was, or whether it was Jesus living in a, in a body that walked the shores of Galilee, or whether it, when he went away and came back and he said, I go away, but I'll come again. I will come again, and I'll live inside you. That, and so now his church, his body, is quite naturally Mrs. Jesus Christ, the same as he's always been that's how you identify the word for your hour when it produces and if this message didn't produce it I'd be looking for another one when it produces the same life that you see in the Lord Jesus Christ when you see the same life it produced in Abraham that same faith when you see the same kind of commitment it produced in Joseph when you see the same kind of courage it produced in Gideon, when you see the same kind of, the same kind of uh, uh, commitment and courage and faith that it produced in Moses. And Moses said, here's how you'll know. The Lord God will raise up a prophet among you. He'll be a human. He won't be some mystical being coming down. It'll be God coming to you in human form. See, and so if you ever wanted to know how would God live or what would he be like if he were a human like me? Just read your Bible and read the story of Jesus. You'd read about God being in Christ, see. And so, so it's all about, it's all, it all comes down to being willing because this is what the message of restoration that was promised in this hour, this is what it calls you to. It, it does, first of all, let me, let me clarify what it does by telling you what it's not come for. It's not come to make us another denomination. It's not come to make another organized religion. We got 30, 33,000 of them. I'm not interested in getting at the end of that line and forming another one. Amen? So it's, it's not come to give you better theology, although it accomplishes that, to give you better understanding theologically. But what it comes for is to, to make you the living tabernacle of the living God's presence. Amen. Brother Donald, that's why it come. That's why it come. You understand? It came to make us the living tabernacle. Peter said, you're lively stones built up. 
See, we could, we could look at so many scriptures. I, I'm going I'm to try to cut down today on, on too much reading, but we could easily go to Hebrews 12, and I'm thinking I should, and then I think I shouldn't. But, 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 but Paul, let me just make a reference without putting it on the screen. Um, Noah, good to see you in the booth today, Noah. And so Paul speaks about that in the second chapter of Ephesians, how that that we're built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets and Christ is the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple of the Lord in whom ye also Amen. are built together. Amen. So what I need to convince you of why the message came, I just read you why the gospel comes. Say, well, what's a message? It's just a restored gospel. That's all it is. It's not a new message, not a different one. It's just a restoration of the original. Amen. That's why... It turns believers into original kind of Christians. That's exactly why that happens. See, it's not about a list of do's and don'ts. We're not even about that at all. This has nothing to do with that. I'm, I'm faithful to Christ's word because I'm in love with him. I'm, I'm faithful to, to, you're faithful to your spouse because you're in love with that person. See, so he goes on, we could, we, could, we could go to Hebrews 12 and oh my, so many different places in St. Peter where he talked about it. And, 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 but I, but I, I, I want to I just move a little bit further and try to get, get a little further along. So when Stephen is preaching his sermon, um, Noah, go back to our text in Acts 7. And give me verse 50, or, or let's get on to verse 50 again. In Acts 7 and 50. Now, I want you to watch the line of demarcation between two verses. Verse 50, hath not my hands made all these things? Verse 51, ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised and hardened ears. I mean, you're talking about a, a shift. Talking about a turn. That's a, that's, a, that's a hairpin turn. And so we find that, that the divide between verse 50 and 51 is, is the decision by the hearers to disallow their lives to be the living tabernacle. His whole subject that he's preaching on, that he, we started out in verse 44 and he starts talking about this tabernacle built. And by the time you get down to verse 50, those people have already made the decision. They're hearing a Holy Ghost filled preacher. And right while he's preaching, you want to talk about the polar opposite of Peter in the house of Cornelius. The Bible says, while he yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell. So you got a big difference between that crowd and this crowd. Stephen is preaching to them about being the tabernacle of the living God's presence. And by the, by the, as soon as he finishes the 50th verse, which is 50's jubilee, hallelujah. And they refuse the jubilee. And immediately the very next verse, he turns and says, you stiff neck, you uncircumcised people. You do always resist God's jubilee. You resisted it in the days of Moses. You resisted it in the days of the prophets. Which one of them did your fathers not kill? And you polished their tombs, indicating you agree with what they did. You show by your works that you agree with their rebellion. 
And they were refusing. Can you imagine that you're hearing the living word of God that's inviting you? I hope you're catching this today and bringing it home. Because I'm preaching in the 21st century. I'm preaching today. See? This is what the message is about. This is what it came for. And it's an invitation to become the living tabernacle of the living God's dwelling place. And the choice is yours. And these people actually, God's people, Israel, doctors of divinity, scholars. As Brother, as Brother Brad was showing that in his Sunday school class today, I've heard that same thing, that they could take a, a, a rolled scroll and run a pen through it and tell you every Hebrew letter it hit going through. That's how studied they were. And yet they not only rejected that scroll when it was in flesh, that scroll lived in front of them, and Stephen busted them on that. He said, he was right here, you know it. You know what you did, and God proved it. See? So instead of repenting, they got angry, and what they're saying is, and what many are saying today, and I hope none of us are saying it. They are saying, I will not allow myself to be the living temple of the living God's presence. Which is exactly what the message calls for today. I said to the audience in Washington where I was just preaching, would to God you could hear Stephen's voice crying out today. Would to God I could press play today and hear the voice of Stephen, but I have an advantage that I can pick up this Bible and you can hear the same voice that was speaking through Stephen speaking to you. What a privileged friend. That way, that way you're still not resting your eternal destination on a man. You're resting it on, no, it's, not a, it's, not a, it's not a man, it's the body word of the son of man. What a privilege we have today to know that the same Christ who spoke to and through Stephen can speak to and through you and me. And we can make the decision today to say, I'll get in line. I'm not going to get in line to be an organized religion, but I'll get in line and fight to get to the head of the line if it means I can be the living tabernacle of the living God's presence. Oh, my. Because I, I want to hear that voice that says, come up. My, as Brother Jack Duff says, you'll never hear come up if you don't first hear come out. Amen. On that morning of our crossing over, friends, and I just thought, what if this is that morning? Oh, this might be that morning when we'll all cross over together. Oh my, are, are the heavens open to you today like they were to Stephen? Can you, can you stand in this re Christ-rejecting world and see the same Jesus that he saw? He saw him standing on the right hand of God's power. Can, can you see God's living power moving inside your life? I asked them there and I'll ask you here. Here's a further question. Would you like to? Where is your heart today? Amen. Who or what holds your affections today? I had never preached a sermon 
from the book of Haggai until I was in Washington and the Lord anointed my heart for it. And I'm not here to re-preach that sermon this morning, but I, I thought it, this would be perfectly in line with the real burden on my heart today. Because in the book of Haggai, he, God comes to the people and it's the time of the restoration again. And, they're, and what are they restoring? Worship. And they're there to build the temple back. And, you know, we, we've heard a lot of preaching on it recently. Brother Matt was preaching on that recently. How that, you know, they're not to, de, to despise the day of small things because it wasn't going to look like Solomon's temple. And, and Brother Matt pointed out so deftly how that, that, that every time there's an iteration of the, of the, of the next temple, it's, it's less, it's smaller, it's, not, it's less beautiful, but it's greater. So that by the time you get to Jesus of Nazareth, he has no beauty at all that we should desire him. And he's just one man walking the shores of Galilee. But in him dwelt the fullness of the entire Godhead bodily. He was the greatest manifestation of this temple. And the whole reason he stepped forward to claim a book in Revelation 5 that was sealed up and, and, and there was no way to get a bride ready. The church could not go in its condition and she couldn't get any better. So he had to unlock the sealed book and then bring that book down into the hands of an angel messenger so that we could feed upon it. Because as Brother Brad was saying this morning, you are what you eat. And I'm eating my way to a body change, Brother Brad. Oh my goodness, I'm eating my way to a body change this morning. But he... He came, Haggai came on the scene and he, you know, he, the, the problem that the work had stopped. Now he's talking naturally and for anybody that thinks that you shouldn't, you know, oh, why do we need a new church? Why do we got to do a remodel? Why do we got to do all this? We should, you know, uh, why are we going to spend that kind of money? And, and, and a lot of times it's just people miserly and stingy and they don't want to help out a lot of times. And, and, and you, you can say, oh, well, you know, and you get all these arguments. Oh, the, the heavens, you know, that's his church. And it's not a building. A church ain't a building anyway. And you hear that. That, that somehow is just supposed to silence all the argument. And it works pretty good until you run into Haggai. And then you get blasted in the mug when you, when you read Haggai because he gets in their face over that. And he actually ties it back to their lives, which are just running in circles. And they're, they're the people who have come back because Cyrus decreed, Cyrus got anointed by God and said, I'm going to send back the Israelites to build a house unto the true God. And so, you know, Haggai comes on the scene and, and he's going to look at this, this unfinished project and he's going to say, he's going to correlate that to their lives. And he's going to say, now, you look for much. Now he's talking about their natural lives. I hope you'll just put yourself here this morning. And ask, that's what the word comes for, to measure yourself by. All right, so are you willing to look into the liberty of God's word today? He says, you look for much, and lo, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. People get on the rat race of life and they, and, and they just run full steam ahead and church is lower prioritized and fellowship is lower prioritized and prayer life is lower prioritized and reading the Bible and listening to the message and coming, you know, all of these things get prioritized way down the list when they should be at the top. 
And we're running here and running there. I say, well, I got to make a living. I got a family. I got to do, I got a bills. I got this. Yeah, you do. But your heavenly father already knows that. And that's why he said, seek first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness. And your father will add all those things to you. Why, why would you want your version of them anyway? I'd much rather have his version of them. When I've tried to bless myself, it, it, you know, sometimes you say, well, I kind of got ahead. Well, it was, it was a mixed bag. It was a mixed bag, but when I just let him bless me, it's just all good. Think about this, young people. You young men and young women, you're starting out now in your career, starting to make money. You know, he, he taught, I mean, here's, here's, here's people, they're, they're not willing to come and work on the house of God. This is naturally, and he's typing it to spiritual. They're not, they're not, they're not paying their tithes and offerings to the Lord because you know why they think they can't afford it. And the truth is, you're a thief if you do that, and you can't, not, you can't afford to not do it. See? And I, I, was just, I was just, you know, encouraging our senior youth group sometime, I think in our last thing, to say, listen, don't lose sight of that. You know, if you want to be successful in this life, you obey God's word. Because you, it's, not, it's not yours to give. It's not yours to even decide to give. It belongs to him, and if you keep it, you're a thief. Period. Plain end of story. And there's no way God can bless you when you do that. I'm not preaching on tithes today. I don't need to. This church is very good at giving tithes and offerings. We we're accomplished a lot around the world. But, but I'm, I'm trying to make these spiritual points. He says, why has everything you've chased come to nothing? And the harder you chase it, the further away it gets and the more chaos and if I can just, just by, by next week, I'll, I'll get it. And next week comes, well, by next week, I'll be there. And the next week comes, and you just find out you're just going in a circle. Where's God? Where's God? Where's God? And he's, he's right there where he always was, waiting on you to follow the order of his word. See? It's not rocket science. Anything outside of the line and order of God's word will fail. See? And so, he says, so why has it happened to you? You looked for much. You worked hard. You went strong. Man, you, you as Brother Eddie said, you shook the bushes. You, you burnt the fields, man. You went, you went hard at it. He said, but it came to little. And when, you, and when you brought home your little, the Lord went, and you went, where'd all my stuff go? <laughs> and the Lord asked a question. He's not waiting on you to ask it. The Lord presupposes and just asks the question on your behalf. Why? Because of mine house, that is waste, and ye run every man unto his own house. See? So it was all about priorities. There's been all kinds of building projects, both naturally and spiritually, down through the ages. That's what God's been doing. We're, we're a house. It, Brother Branham showed the pyramid there, and, and it speaks of the ages, and there's faith and virtue. And these things are all have to be in, a, in an individual believer, but they also span and talk about the church. Ages. Right, right, right? That's the church. So they, they've had all kinds of building projects. They've They've built, you know, they've had wilderness tabernacles. They've had revival tents. They've had Gothic cathedrals. They've had wayside chapels. They've had synagogues, temple, meeting houses, storefront missions, catacombs. See? But one one of the things that Eugene Peterson in his translation, uh, his Bible translation called The Message, which I deeply love, and uh, not all of it, because sometimes he waters it down too much, but just put that in there. But, But he... 
he makes an observation here of all these things that they built. He said, there doesn't, all, there doesn't seem, sometimes there doesn't seem to be any connection between the buildings themselves and the belief and behavior of the people who assemble in them. Amen. Something's wrong with this picture. You're, you're, going, you're, you're trying to build a certain kind of life that looks a certain way that you think needs to be a certain way, but what you're trying to accomplish as an end, you're, you're not anywhere. Your life is, even, is never conducive to that. You're never going to get there because you won't organize the priorities of your life according to my word. See, you, We want to go to heaven. Amen? Well, Jesus said that he wanted the Lord he, in, in his prayer that he, you know, that he wanted God's will to be in earth as it is in heaven. So if you want to go to heaven, you need to let this earth become heavenly. This earth. See, thy will be done in this earth as it is in heaven. The image you saw that you see of me, Lord, let me today come closer to that image. I got to hurry. So, so we find that, you know, it, it, Haggai went on and on because, but, but, but now we come to the spiritual connection of it all. Because Haggai is pointing out naturally. Now, I'm going to just say the natural ones. I want you to make the spiritual ones. Because I'm not a prophet. Only you know and God knows where this applies. Amen. Haggai is trying to get them to see. You've spent a lot of money. But you don't have much to show for it. Now, think spiritually. You've, been, you've, you've ran like crazy. You've been in church for years. You've been raised in a message. You've read your Bible and heard how many thousands of sermons? How many in 28 years sermons have you heard me preach alone? Just me. See? My family grew up listening to me preach. I was preaching when, when my, when, you know, when, right, right, right as my children are being born, I started in the ministry. How many sermons have they heard me? How many sermons have my grandchildren heard me? See? You've spent a lot of money, but you don't have much to show for it. You keep filling your plates, but you never get filled up. You keep drinking and drinking and drinking, but you're always thirsty. This is what Haggai is saying to him naturally. You put on layer after layer of clothes, but you can't get warm. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, he says there in verse 7. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, which is God of the angel armies. Thus saith God of the angel armies, consider your ways because there's a reason why it's like that. What do I do, Haggai? He said, here's what you do. Here's what I want you to do. Get up in the hills and cut some timber and bring down and rebuild this temple and do it just for me in honor of me. I would say to you alone, not because you're going to get a, a golden pot at the end of a rainbow or not because you're going to be the most popular person, but live your life to glorify God. Stop living for you and start living for him. Living for you is a train wreck. It's worthless. You've had great ambitions for yourselves, Haggai says, but nothing came of it. The little you do have that you have brought to my temple, I've blown it away. There was nothing to it. Why? And God asked again, why? While you've run around, this is a different translation from verse 9 to 11. 
While you've run around caught up with taking care of your own houses, my house is in ruins. Now, I'm not talking about our building project. I'm talking about your house you live in. Where's your spirituality? Where's your power with God? Where's your holiness unto the Lord as a sacrifice? See, you have an assembling of people. Little doubt that the Lord will supply you with the proper building, but what will you fill it with? That's the real question, friends. So, so we do remodel this inside our phase three. We finally get this to this part and we remodel it. What are we going to fill it with? What do you want to fill it with? Amen. I mean, are you sure you want this team of preachers? Because I can tell you, you got seven men who are not going to compromise. We're going to preach it straighter and hotter and harder. You want a new building? We're going to put all this labor and all this money, but what do you want it? What do you want it to be for? Listen, what do, what do I preach for? What do I want you to be? I want you to be filled with all the knowledge of Almighty God. Filled with the Holy Ghost. See? So we're to be the living tabernacle of the living God's dwelling place. You go back in Deuteronomy and Numbers and different places in Leviticus and you'll find that whether it didn't matter, whether it was people bringing their offerings to the temple and the priests gathered and they had to gather by the altar and they had to consume the meat parts the priests did and they had to consume it in a clean place. So the church couldn't have funny business going on. The word had to go forth from a clean pulpit and preachers had to have clean minds and clean hearts. But it also, whenever, whenever the ashes of the heifer, the bullock was carried without the camp, it also had to be a clean place. I'm here to tell you, you come to this clean place, but when you take this word home, when you take it home, it needs to go home to a clean home with clean people, with clean minds. See, we're to be the living tabernacle of the living God's dwelling place. In his life story, he's told it numbers of times. And my favorite is the 1955 in Los Angeles at the Angeles Temple. Brother Bram starts talking about the loss of his baby Sharon Rose and his wife Mita. Uh, and and uh, no, I'm sorry, he's telling about Sister Hope Branham. And, and he says here, this is his little girl. I, I put my hand over on her. I said, bless you, sweetheart. Daddy wanted to raise you with all my heart. I wanted to raise you and raise you to love the Lord. But the angels are coming for you, sweetheart. Daddy will take your little body down and lay it on the arms of mama. I'll bear you with her. Someday, daddy will meet you. You just wait up there with mama. When her mother was dying, she had already passed away, and Brother Brandon backs up to tell that. When her mother was dying, she said, last words, she said, Bill, stay on the field. She said, she said, you don't, why'd you call me back? She said, I was being escorted by these beings, and there were trees and great birds and flying, and, and she said, I was at peace, and then, you know, that's what I've said so many times when a prophet went beyond the curtain of time. He had no trouble describing what he heard and what he saw, but he couldn't describe what he felt. 
What does that feel like when all troubles are over forever? Oh man, this life's journey, this hard, born a man born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. When this little short life as a vapor is filled with trouble, when it's over and I sing on that beautiful shore. I'm here to tell you this gospel is worth living for. She said, Bill, it's everything you said the Holy Ghost was. It's divine love, perfect love. She says, stay on the field, Bill, stay on the field. And I said, she said, I said, if I'm, I said, if I'm on the field when he comes, I'll get the kids and meet. <clears throat> if I'm not, I'll be buried with you. And you go over on the right side of the great gate. He called it one place, the eastern gate, east side of the gate. Go to one side of the great gate. This is so real to him. His wife is dying, this woman he loves, and she's slipping away. She's already crossed, and he called her back for a few minutes. And he says, and when you see all of them come in, and he starts talking about when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all of them coming in, he said, you stand there and start hollering, Bill, 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 just as loud as you can. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, I don't want anything too quiet around here. Heaven's going to be a loud place. Just as loud as you can, I'll meet you there. I kissed her goodbye. I'm on the battlefield today. That's been nearly 20 years ago. This was 59. He says, I got my date with my wife. I'm going to meet her. And I was up early this morning and, oh, the last two mornings I've gotten up even earlier than normal. And Lord, why are you waking me up? It's four o'clock and laying there and you know, an hour before my alarm even goes off, which I almost never use because I'm always usually awake. But, and I just got up and I just started thinking about resurrection morning. You know, I, I was pondering and I thought, and I, and, I, and I was just meditating on some different things and thinking about this sermon today and, 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 and I've got, different Bible studies that I've got made commitments to and different things. And I was just thanking God. I woke up this morning and it just came out of me so naturally. I just started saying, Lord, thank you for this word. Thank you for this life. Oh, I could be waking up somewhere with and not know you and be a million miles from you, but I'm waking up today as son of God. I got another 24 hours, another opportunity to go forward. <clears throat> and I'd been thinking that the whole morning. And, and, and when you get in those realms, hours just fly by. You don't even realize it's 5 o'clock, it's 5.30. And, and I'm, I'm thinking, well, Sister Sweetheart will be waking up soon. I should probably make some coffee. And, and I, I'm standing there at the pot. I'm starting to make a little bit of coffee. And I thought to myself, and I, I thought, you know, between 6 and 9 in the morning, wow. What if today was resurrection morning between six and nine? And I thought, I wonder what time it is. And I looked at my clock, 6 a.m., six colon zero, zero. I didn't know whether to shout, run out in the street, scream, or I didn't know whether to just fall down and cry, but I just stood there for the longest time. And I said, Lord, what if this is that morning? 
And, you know, the Lord just seemed to come upon me and say, I want you to go ask the church today, what if this was resurrection morning? Oh, I said, Lord, because I was asking him, you know, and I thought to myself, he came to me this morning because he knew I would believe that word. And he knew I'd stand here with courage and carry it forward to you. He knew I would try to fill your hearts with, with faith. And, and, and even if we have to go down the line of Haggai and it gets a little tight, I, I knew I, I'm preaching to believers. It's such a privilege. I thought to myself, what if this was resurrection morning? I'm gonna tell you something, friends, something that came across my mind. I said, Lord, if this was resurrection morning, with the same ease that you walked into my living room as I sat in my chair, with that same ease, my family would walk right into my living room and I'd stand there and see them. I'm here to tell you, it's gonna be that smooth and that easy. One of these mornings, friends, they're just gonna be standing there and it's gonna be homegoing time. On resurrection, at mo- on resurrection morning, it won't be any more difficult for my loved ones to come walking right into my living room than it was for him. You know why? Because there's faith laying in my heart. That I don't have to try to have. That's the beauty. In fact, I, in fact, I can't even get it to go away. Not only do I not try, have to try to get it, I can't even get rid of it. It just, it just, it's faith. It just believes. It just loves God. It just loves his word. It loves his presence. I thought about the inscription on our Statue of Liberty in the harbor with silent lips Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. And I thought about the fact that, I thought, you know, that's interesting because it says with silent lips. And that statue is just a statue, Lady Liberty. Her lips never move. She can't, she's stone and metal. She can't utter a word. She doesn't speak at all or say a word at all. Yet, on just the sighting of her from afar, disparaged and weary people with broken lives take hope again. Men and women and even children cry. Just, I've seen old films of, of refugees coming in from hardship in in lands afar and they enter the harbor and they just see a statue with her torch raised up and it's it's called uh, uh, imprisoned lightning. This torch that you see, this light, this lamp is imprisoned lightning that that, 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 that I lift it, I, I stand beside, I lift my lamp beside the golden door and you get men and women and and, and they, they've come from hardship or from tyranny and they're, they're weeping and they, 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 hear, they hear a voice that's beyond the ears because she doesn't speak. But it's what they're seeing. It's an image of something. What is it, friends, if the world can see you? Maybe you'll never say a word to them, but God 
see this book living inside of you. Oh my. It's a deep calling in these people yearning to breathe free, longing. It's heartbreaking when you see it. Grown men and grown women and children sobbing and they're just seeing it. She's not saying a word. And I'm not, I'm not here today to take away that which millions have experienced coming to these shores by, you know, laying out the sad plight of what America has become or the immoral cost her freedom exacts upon human lives in the 21st century. I'll only point to what she used to stand for when she was one nation under God. You see, it was never about a statue in a harbor. This nation was founded under the bloodstained banner of Christ. Men of God, flawed men. Flawed men, for sure. History has taught us that. They weren't perfect men. They made horrible, horrible mistakes. And, 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 and we recognize that. But at the same time, they weren't afraid to pray and they weren't afraid to take a stand for God's word. You see, great men and women both uh, of God raised, raised the banner high. And, you know, this, this bloodstained banner is the, is the cross. And it's, and it's a bloodstained, like a flag, waving. And, and I, you know, I'm still calling for, for anyone who wants to meet me there. I raise my torch today. I raise a torch for freedom. If you're tired of being terrorized by the devil, then I raise my torch. Meet me at the bloodstained banner. Hallelujah. I've assembled under this ensign. It's an ensign. The Bible said he would raise up an ensign. And, and he said, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. You have no greater drawing card for your loved ones than to let Christ be lifted up inside you. Oh, I call to my loved ones in this building today to meet me under the bloodstained banner. Say, Papa, where are you going to be? I'll be right there. I call for this church and people on the internet, whoever, whoever appreciates this ministry, meet me at the bloodstained banner. Because from there, we'll marshal to go home. Hallelujah. Not under a man, but under the word, high and lifted up. Hallelujah. And it's not imprisoned lightning. We're sending it around the world. Oh, I just say, Lord, take everything I got, but grant me that. Take my houses and lands, change my dreams and my plans. I'm placing my whole life in your hands. Hallelujah. I want nothing more than that. I, want no, I, want, I only want to know Jesus Christ and him crucified. That I might live to the eternal purpose for which he gave me life and that you may do the same. When Sister Hope Branham, when she's passing away, and Brother Branham tells that in 1959, it had happened many years before, 20 years ago, the 1930s. Well, after his encounter with his wife at her bedside as she lay dying, Brother Branham would later understand that before they met at the Eastern Gate, at a procession that Jesus would be leading, 
He found out after he went beyond the curtain of time that they actually meet right back here first. <laughs> they would meet right back here again. And I, I wonder what I would do. And that's why I thought this morning, I wonder what I would do if this was that day. If this was the morning when they would come between six and nine, and that's not an established thing because six and nine at what time zone? I don't know. Maybe, it's, maybe God's going to do it that way. Maybe as the sun rises and goes around the earth, he'll just start resurrecting them. Oh my goodness, if I got, if I got up one morning at four o'clock and started getting text messages from Australia. <laughs> they're already here. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'd, at four in the morning, I'd call every one of you and get you out of bed and say, go in your living room. It's almost time. <laughs> Hallelujah. I believe it. It's that real, friends. Hallelujah. I was running around and I was thinking, I was trying to make notes and I, and I thought, oh my, well, I wonder if there's any time left. Is it nine o'clock yet? And I looked and it was only 7.52 and I said, I'm still looking eastward. I'm still looking at the rising sun. Could this be that happy day? Hallelujah. I decided that if this was that morning, now I'm gonna close right here when I get finished. <laughs> it's not like Brother Diggs. 10 minutes into any sermon. I'm fitting to close. Don't, don't get nervous. I decided that if this was that morning, I was thinking this at 7.52. And I said, if this was that morning... I would, what would I do if I knew any minute my loved ones are going to be standing in front of me? What would I do? I'd go to God first. The first thing I would do is I'd go to God and thank him for this. I would thank him for his word. I would thank him for his restored word in this hour that he has given me back every promise in the book is mine, every chapter, every verse, every line. I am standing in his love divine. Every promise in the book is mine. That's what the opening of the seals did. That's what a mighty angel came down for. That's what an open book was given to you to feed upon. If this was that morning, I would go and thank him for his word. I would thank him not only for sending it, but I would thank him for the supernatural, and you better believe it has to be supernatural. I would thank him for the supernatural ability to receive it and to believe it and to apply it. I would thank him that I could hear and recognize and act upon the word of God. I would repent. I'd get on my knees. And I'd repent for all the times when I didn't keep its precepts or all the times when I didn't walk perfectly in its statutes. But because of the opening of the word, I would know that those are all under the blood. I would know that I stand perfect before Christ because I, when he said, I believe the report. I received him upon uh, the whom God sent. Not because of my works, it's all, listen, friends, all of those missteps, I want to hear you, I want you to know today, I want you to hear it. 
When you have fully received Christ in this hour, all your missteps, you're like that woman who came and Jesus said, I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are all forgiven. Hallelujah. Because of the blood of Christ, that I'm a believer, it's all his grace. Not because of my works. I'm neither admitted nor rejected by success or failures. You understand that? I'm not admitted into heaven because of successes. I'm not rejected from heaven because of failures. It is, it's nothing but the sovereign love and the sovereign grace of Almighty God upon my life. Hallelujah. Oh, friends, may whoever come in. I, I, I started walking through my house and I, I, I started going room to room and I, I, I thought to my, I went in, I started in the back bedroom. My little girls had been there, not so little anymore, but my little girls had spent the night there with me and Mama and, and they're gone and Mama's got the bed made back nice and I just walked in there and I thought about my little angels had been asleep right here and they were, they were so safe and they were so secure because they were at Papa's house and they were under a token home and the Holy Ghost was here and angels were around the house and they were able to rest in comfort and I laid my hands and I thought about them and whoever would lay in this bed, I said, Lord, let it be that whoever lays in this bed will be filled with the Holy Ghost. I want whoever lays on this bed to be filled with all the fullness of the knowledge of him. Hallelujah. I started walking to my house. I started touching my doors. I said, whoever comes in and out of this door, whoever goes in and out of this door, whoever goes in and out of this door, may they come in the power of the resurrection. May they know it's a token applied home. Whoever lives here, may they be safe. Whoever believes here, may God prove himself alive. Oh, my friends, may this home, I'm saying, Lord, may this home be a place where your word is revered, where your word is loved, where your word is respected, and where your word is obeyed. How many want that today? Hallelujah. That's what I want. That's, that's what I would want if this was resurrection morning. If this was resurrection morning, I thought, I was going through my house between six and nine saying, what would I want? If this was the morning, what would I want to make sure is in play here? If this was resurrection morning, I wouldn't worry about all the cares of this life. The cares of this life would mean very little to me if this was resurrection morning. The things we spend so much time worrying about and the things we chase and the things that we give ourselves to. The cares of this life would mean very little to me. I just thought that to myself. Do you agree with that? If you'd have got up this morning and an angel, Gabriel, like appeared to Mary, would have said to you, good morning, highly favored of God. It's resurrection morning. Say that's fantasy land. It happened to Mary. It happened, it, happened, it happened to Zechariah. It happened to Gideon. It happened to Moses. It happened to Abraham. Come on. It happened to Solomon. What, are, are you part of that family? He tends to show up with his family. 
Hallelujah. Amen. If this was resurrection morning, I wouldn't care what misfortune had befallen me. If this was resurrection morning, I wouldn't care who had offended me. If this was resurrection morning, none of that stuff would hang on to me any longer. I would only want to, I'd only want to know one thing. Am I in love with the Lord Jesus Christ, my Savior? Does he have my whole heart? Does he have my whole mind? Does he have my whole purpose? Does he have my full commitment? What about it, Bethel Tabernacle? What about it on the air? Does he have your whole heart, your whole mind, your whole purpose, your full commitment? Is my life pleasing to him? If it's not, let me get it there quickly, Lord. I want to tell you something, friends. I thought to myself, as I was coming out of that beautiful realm, I had to start getting ready. and I just thought to myself, it's one of the last things I said to myself, self, you need to ponder this in the morning when you rise, when you lay your head to sleep, and all through the day. I just need to be saying, is this resurrection morning? Go, I'm going to go throughout the day. Is the resurrection coming? I'm going to go to sleep tonight. Is the resurrection coming? I'm going to wake up the next morning. Is this the morning? Oh, how different my life could be. What an impact it could have. As I go through this sometimes wearying journey, how much more useful I could be to the master when I want nothing more out of this life than that. And when I don't care about any, the pursuit of anything else. Sure, you got families and bills to pay and jobs to work, school to attend, places to go. I understand that. Paul said that. We live in the world. We can't go out of it. Not yet. But just don't live like you're of it. I am from it, but I'm not of it. I did come from its soil. And it's going to get a baptism of fire like I've got. And I'm going to get a body change like the world's going to get. See, a fiery baptism. That, friends, is my thoughts when I considered is this, could this be resurrection morning? Hence the title of my sermon. If this was resurrection morning. Let's stand. God bless you. Amen. If this was resurrection morning. Amen. Come, Anthony. And uh, Hey, let's have Sister Deborah sing that again. Can you do that, Sister Deb? Amen. Amen. Sing it a few times through, and then we'll let Brother Tony take it from there. Oh, friends, I hope it's been real. I hope I've been able through the foolishness of preaching to make it a little more real today, to show you what God is calling for in our lives. We don't have to be, you know, always playing catch-up because that's hard to do. I mean, that's hard to do financially. That's hard to do spiritually because you've you got to play two games. You've got to play catch-up and keep up at the same time. It's really hard. So stay caught up. Amen. Keep your spiritual life ahead. Yes. Amen? You know, pay, pay, pay your bills. Pay your prayer time. Yeah. Pray your, pay your dedication to the Lord. 
pay your praises to him. Give him the praises that his name is due. Due. The Bible says that his name is due. (laughs) You got a bill due today before you leave here. And that is to give him the honor and the glory and the praise that his name is due. I'd like to leave here today and the Lord stamped my bill. Paid. (laughs) Amen. Let's sing it again, Sister Deb. Amen. Give us the words, Noah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Hide me now. Under. Under. Right under. Your wings. Cover me. Cover me. Within your mighty hand. Within your mighty that's so beautiful. Lift those voices. When the oceans rise let, me, let me hear you. Let me hear you. I will soar wow. With you oh, you're singing now. My Father, you are king. Yes, Lord. Do you hear that, Jesus? Do you hear that, Lord? They're singing to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Find rest my soul. In Christ alone. In Christ alone. Know his power. Know his power. In quietness and trust. Love.
Four. 